I've got the name for your con. Con Dements. Hey, <laughs> wow. That deserves <laughs> one of those. Nice. No, it's going to be taken. Hold on. <laughs> Craig's no, looking. it appears that it is not. Oh, wow. We called it. We're calling it now. If, if Nerdberger ever has a convention, it's going to be called Con Dements. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Or is it Geek Taco? Episode 267. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I'm Mike. He's Craig. I'm Craig. You're Craig. And and he's Mike. Thank you. And here we are. Jeez, Geek Taco. It's a podcast or two, <laughs> all rolled into one. <laughs> you know, there's new stuff at Taco Bell, and I, I, I you know, <laughs> I thought, wow, maybe, maybe we should try to do a food blog too. But we're pressed for time, and Dave doesn't eat meat. <laughs> is that right? That is, that is correct. Okay. So yeah, that that would. Because well. the new thing has meat in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a non-meat version. Well, you can still talk about meat around <laughs> me. It's not like I'm be offended. People are omnivores his, by nature. His ears are vegan, too. <laughs> don't ever speak about animal flesh. No, it's like, I can't listen to people eating stuff with meat in it. Yeah. Because that's pretty much what the food blog is, is us making smacking noises and it's talking with bad. our mouths full. It's not that bad. I didn't say it was bad. Here's our guest. Yeah, who is that over there? Who is that? It's the, the host of Geek Taco. With the ominous music behind <laughs> his introduction. It's Dave! Welcome back, Dave. Hi. Thanks. It's good to be here. Hi, <laughs> Dave. I haven't seen you for a few weeks. It's been about three weeks, yeah. Since we went, oh, since yeah. we went to... Mike, where did we go? Uh, the con with my favorite name, conglomeration. Conglomeration. Mike is a fan of the name. It's it. It it took a second for it to hit me. I was actually there before. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually kind of clever. Um. Well, there's and you go looking for him. You know, there's a Genghis Khan. Is it really? (laughs) Yeah, that's held in Colorado. Oh, that's good. (laughs) It's the Denver area somewhere up there. What's the theme of that convention? It's a it's a gaming convention. Okay, cool. Um, there's a. I was like, at one point I was, I was looking around at something on the internet like a month or two ago and I came across Star Trek references and whatnot. And I was like, there better be a con con. Uh, is there? Like as in con or know? yeah, there is. Okay. Or there's, it's a Star Trek convention called con con <laughs> or the con like the, do they call it that? You have the captains. You have, you have the con number one. You're driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you have the bridge. No, I've I've heard I I could swear that I've heard people say you have the con. Yeah, know. yeah, they totally do. Do they have a do they have a convention for inventors called Con Edison? Con Edison? Why why <laughs> just because you're sticking the name Edison after Con? No, because that's uh that's Con Ed. That's like the utility company in New York, isn't it? Right. Why would you appropriate that into a convention name? <laughs> Because it has con. Oh, and everything that has the word, the, the letter C-O-N in it. But Edison for inventors. <laughs> okay, thieves. let's find out. Hi. 
This is the only, this is the first thing I thought of. Yeah, but did Edison actually really invent anything? Or did he just take credit? For no, it? that's the energy company. Oh, that's I true. Don't he, see, I don't see a convention he, uh, called that. He, he stole the, yeah. the light bulb from Westinghouse, didn't he? And he stole just about everything. Or, yeah, Westinghouse. Yeah, he, he yeah. very rarely invented things. No, it turns out he was a giant douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that. <laughs> just another one of those German douchebags, just like Craig. What? <laughs> he was German? I didn't know that. Edison? What? Wasn't he? Or was he? did he come from Austria or Poland? Or, I don't recall. He, I, he fled. Son of Ed. <laughs> no, that's, that's only, all we know about German it. German guys are named Ed. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Never mind. That was Einstein. I was thinking. <laughs> wow. That's a, was, I it was, starts with E and ends with N. So, you know, that, that rule, you Einstein can mix up was, all the letters Einstein in the middle was, and your brain Einstein, will still read yeah, it correctly. Einstein was the one who fled the, the Germans. <laughs> I don't know why I got in my head that Edison was the one that was fleeing the Germans. This round of Nerdburger history brought to you by Utter and Complete Lies. The Nerdburger, Con- Nerdburger Convention. The Nerdburger Podcast. Uneducating your youth for five years. Well, now you have to do a convention. You just put it out there. Nerdburger Con. Nobody wants to come to that. People barely want to come to record the podcast. You can just have Burger Con. <laughs> I imagine there's probably one of those out there. Mike, you said you had an exciting, exciting touchscreen story. Did oh, I say exciting? Wait, I don't wait, think wait. I. I don't remember I've, saying I've, I've the got, word I've exciting. Got, I've got the name for your con. Con Demence. Hey! <laughs> wow! That deserves <laughs> one of those. Nice. No, it's going to be taken. Hold on. <laughs> No, okay. it appears that it is not. Oh, wow. We called it. We're calling it now. If, if Nerdburger ever has a convention, it's going to be called Condiment. Condiment. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. No, no. Why, why is your convention called? And then, and then the podcast dies. And then we spend you know years <laughs> explaining why it's called Condiment. <laughs> well, you see, back in the day. Um, yeah, no, I had a uh, just a story. Not an exciting, exciting story. <laughs> I don't know where you got double exciting from when I never even said exciting. It was a good show, guys. So <laughs> thanks for uh, having me on. And uh, are you you're done now? You yeah. you've given us a, a new idea. So well, yeah, we hit a high note. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike 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 stalled and dropped the ball. I Condiment. I dropped the mic. Out goes Dave. Yeah, I mean, got to find a new regular da, guest. Da, 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 <laughs> okay, da, da. touch screen real quick. No so talk to Dave. So my my uh, my dad bought a new uh, computer. He got a laptop replaces eight-year-old tower oh, good Lord. okay and um so he's he's he did a lot of research and he asked a bunch of people and he ended up getting this dell 15 inch he, he originally he wanted something that could do gaming because he wanted to he wanted to get a new flight simulator because that's what he likes to play okay and uh he decided he wasn't going to get the the fancy expensive flight simulator and just continue to use the old microsoft flight simulator that they stopped developing but still works so he didn't he needed less of a laptop so he got like a reasonably priced laptop and uh and he i think he had it for four or five days and then um he sends me a text with a with a picture of the laptop screen and it's all weird looking and he says (laughs) i dropped it and hit the screen on the corner of the desk whoa what do i do (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, you didn't drop it and break it. You opened the package and it it came out that way. Wink, wink. And he's like, oh, I already copied all my stuff to the hard drive. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're screwed. So, <laughs> well, anyway, he did the research and found out that um, he could replace the screen sure. himself. And uh, he was debating on whether or not to get the touchscreen version of the screen, which was the one it came with, or just the regular one without the digitizer, because mm-hmm. it was a little bit cheaper. And uh, he ended up going, he ended up paying the extra money. I think it was like 20 extra dollars to get the one with the touchscreen. And he uh, looked it up online and found, a, you know, an instructional video. Sure. And uh, this is going to go poorly. I can see it coming. Continue. No, it went, it went well. He fixed it. Okay. All by himself. And then he dropped it on the corner of a table. No, no. It's, it's... <laughs> Wait, is that the end of the story? Yeah. My dad actually, my 70-something-year-old father <laughs> fixed a laptop, replaced his own laptop screen. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that counts as a story. You're right. That wasn't exciting. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was right. So, I, I... Hi, Tim. Hi. How's it going, Tim? Mike's dad. <laughs> I met up with Emily recently, and she reminded me of a very good way to end stories like that. And you should always end a story like that with, and then I found $5. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, actually found $2 downstairs this morning. Oh, okay, there. So. so that makes it a great story at the it, end, because you just found money. Yeah, it, just, it saves the story, basically. Yeah. When I was in high school, <laughs> me and my friend went to uh, this carnival thing that was going on in the next town over. They were having like some historical day, something or other going on. We were tooling along there, and... You know, I didn't have a lot of money, and I literally found a $20 bill on the ground. That's nice. the only time I have ever found money, and I was like, that's getting spent tonight. Wow. <laughs> just see, a $20 bill just sitting there. See, I picked it up. I looked around. Nobody looked at me and said, that's mine. I just dropped it. I just yeah. put my wallet away. In the pocket, it went. Now, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's how you do a story. You get yeah. right to the end where the money is found. <laughs> sure. Had that been a Benji, that would have been exciting, exciting. Oh, no kidding. Like wow, can if I that, can I break this? If that had been anywhere a, around here, if, if that had been a hundred dollar bill, uh, yeah, that's right. Me yeah. and Matt would have went to Vegas. Is it is it a hundred or an hundred? Who cares? Hey Dave, how's it going? <laughs> it's going all right, Craig. How's it going with you? Oh, pretty good. Any exciting news other than the conglomeration thing that we'll talk about later? Oh, I wish. Uh, nope. Yeah, it's uh, well. I did actually. Uh, are you familiar with uh, International Tabletop Day? That was as we record this yesterday. That is correct. It was on that on this this April past Saturday, 28th. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, something I think it's put on by Geek and Sundry. They Craig invented it. Yes. Is it is it April twenty eighth or the last Saturday in April? It's I always a Saturday. So it's the last Saturday in April. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Whatever day they set it for, it's always in the latter half of April. So yeah, I consult would... with them next year. <laughs> They'll let you know. I was asked to host uh, one of our local gaming venues, uh, International Tabletop Day. So that was uh, quite, a, quite an exciting venture. However, uh, I, and maybe Craig, with all your geek and sundry contacts that you have. Oh, now, my, uh, <laughs> all, my many, many. You're, in, you're, you're intimately <laughs> The familiar. one guy that I've kind of talked to. <laughs> you, may, you may want to suggest to them that if they give zero prize support, for their venue, that they have a much greater chance of absolutely nobody showing up at all. So, <laughs> just just pass it, pass that along. 
Um, I don't even know really what the prize support kind of thing is because International Tabletop Day is different from Free RPG Day. Ah. That always gets the freebie stuff where you can stop by your local uh, gaming store, your favorite local gaming store, and pick up a little freebie something. It's usually like a quick start set of rules for some game or an, you know, a short adventure from some well, company or whatever. I don't know how Geek and Sundry handles all that. If it's just a big promotional thing or if they do prize support type this, things. I'm historically, not sure. they do prize support. Okay. So the past few years, what they had done is they would send out actually very large kits full uh-huh. of you know, banners and displays. And lots of either, you know, sometimes games like Love Letter, like actual full games and then or expansion pieces for games and things like that. And this year, what they sent out was a singular card Mm. as in one. So you can only Mm. give one away for a game that (laughs) people can't even really buy in stores because it's out of print. (laughs) So didn't didn't create that big of a draw. Um, Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of activity about it on my social medias, mostly from Geek and Sundry people Mm. or things that Geek and Sundry people were retweeting. Mm. So I just like I honestly don't know how big it went around the area here i did not uh, go <laughs> to go do anything unfortunately i spent some time getting some caper stuff in order oh, and nice. including getting mike squared away with uh placeholder images for all of the illustrations that'll go in the book so now he has a properly sized blank white rectangle <laughs> with words that say what the illustration is named nice. that in tiff format that you can dump into the uh, the layout, and then when you get the real illustration, you just swap it in with the same name and and the same file name, right? That's how that works. Because correct, the the illustrations work like external references. You don't paste them into the drawing; they're right referenced in from another folder. Yeah, no, and that's actually another. So, I think you have to actually go and like tell it to reload it. That's fine. So, so you got to do that to go. So you got to do that. Go, oh, okay, I'll go look at it. You got to do that fifty times. Big deal. <laughs> you know, after it's all done. It's better than waiting until all the illustrations are done before you can start laying out chapters. Right, because, you know, I'm getting... Getting everything to Getting flow. near to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, well, the stuff that I'm going to do is... is Now dependent upon seeing what the whole right. chapter looks like. Right. Which means like, I need to put illustrations I, in place. <laughs> do I need to fix that little, you know, extra bit of text that's going on one extra line? Do we need to worry mm, about that orphan, now? Or... Orphan headers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or is yeah. that okay? You know? <laughs> exactly. So, yep. I think I think uh, you've got all the tools to start doing all that. There are some things that will be coming to you for additional stuff that's being written. Yeah. And that sure. will expand some of the chapters a little bit. I could probably tell you I should t- I should probably tell you which chapters are going to get additional stuff so you don't work on them. Okay. Well, I, there there are places where it says placeholder text, placeholder text, placeholder sure. text. Okay. Um <coughs> but if you want to give me a list of where well, all those are. Well, I've got are, I've then... got all my new stuff and then I've got we'll talk. <laughs> this is yeah. this is really not this is not exciting exciting story time <laughs> on the podcast. No, so but that yes, actually Dave. does bring up the second piece of I think good news that's popped up recently, and that is I'm I am now going to be officially a part of the Capers verse in this in that light. I will have an illustration of myself with really cool Caper <laughs> powers. It, well, actually, that's a that's a that's a question for you, Craig. Is, will I be a part of the Capers verse or the Craig verse? It's the Capers verse. Okay, so you don't have an all-encompassing multiverse known as the Craig verse or anything like that. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> 
That's 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 Although now that's, you've given him another good idea. He might start working on that's it. part of Craigverse. That's got a nice. That's ring part to it. of Phase Three of Nerdburger Games. We're still in Phase One right now. Okay. Speaking of uh, the phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because they have them all. The 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 producers that have been you know organizing all that have it all like phase one phase two phase three. it's like we're going to do all these things and get to this certain story point and then we're going to do more things and i guess we're wrapping phase three with infinity war ah. and then phase four is the beginning i think maybe that's wrong completely <laughs> but it's taken them 10 years to get here i'll take your word for it you're not going to go see it <laughs> are you go see it in the movie theater yeah no i'm gonna go see it in a couple hours <laughs> i know no i can uh not not into the comic book movies, so I can I can also, wait, wait for them to come to me on also, my couch. Also, you have not watched every Marvel no. And movie what beforehand. I thought about this one is that the, you, the you, characters just show up and do their thing, and if you don't know who they are, they're not going to tell you. You're SOL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was uh was that the New Yorker review you saw? Because if they uh, no, I don't know. I heard somebody say that because if they if they took the time to explain you know to introduce, introduce all every those character, characters, the, the movie, movie would be, be like ten hours long. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, here's here's what happened. What I saw on my Twitter feed the other day, yesterday, was the New Yorker magazine had a, a review up, and the main point that it made in the review, and it talked at length about this, was how you can't just go to Infinity War and expect to know who any of these people are. You have to have seen all 15 or whatever it's been movies in the last 10 years, going on 20 movies. And... uh and it's like, you know, because they don't spend any time introducing blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it's like this long, it's like the big, it's like a whole review of complaining about that. And the, the Twitter person that pointed me to it was like, the New Yorker doesn't know what a movie sequel is. <laughs> 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 Infinity War is a sequel to roughly half of the movies that we've seen so far. You don't have to watch all of them to understand what's going on in Infinity War because there's been so much crossover. You don't have to see the Black Panther movie to know what's going on. You can learn who Black Panther is from Civil War, and Civil War will get you a lot of characters. Yeah. Is there a list? Like Spider-Man's in Civil War, Ant-Man, and all these secondary characters that are or ones that have recently been introduced. You can cover them in Civil War. Okay. But there are certain ones that you kind of need to see yeah. <laughs> if is, you want to understand is, what's is going on. Is there a list where you can, a spoiler-free list where you can go and see all of the, 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 the names of the movies that you need to see in order to under, fully understand? There's like seven or eight of Infinity them that you, that you have to see, Yeah, I think. But I mean, they'd all be pretty obvious ones, like an Iron Man, a Captain America, you know. Well, you have to see, it's probably, you probably need to see both Avengers movies just because that gets you most of the characters. Plus Civil War, that gets you the rest of a lot of secondary and, and newer characters. And then there's a handful of ones that you need to see in order to see the first appearances of some of the Infinity Stones so that you know where they are. Ah, And then that takes you to the movie. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy. You've seen Guardians, yes? I've seen, actually, um, that's the only one I've seen all of them of. Yeah, you've seen, there are you've two. seen Guardians. <laughs> the, the thing inside the orb that Peter is running around with for the entire movie, that's an Infinity Stone. Okay. That's one of the things that the bad guy is after. Okay. Who's Peter? Peter's the main character of Guardians of the Galaxy. Star Peter Lord? Quill. He is Star-Lord. Okay. Peter Quill. Who's Peter? Really <laughs> use his actual name that much. Well, that's true. He tries to get people to call him Star-Lord over and over again, and they're all like, why, why wouldn't you? It's an amazing name. <laughs> Peter. His name's Peter? Oh. 
I, I know virtually nothing about Infinity War other than what we've talked about on this show yeah. and like a commercial recently that right, I saw. Right. And in that commercial, there were at least two characters that were like front and center that I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, take a look at that poster that has like 87 characters on it and no Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, wow. Hawkeye got it right in the. Oh, yeah. No Hawkeye in the big, big poster. He's in the movie, though. Maybe. I, we don't know. I don't we'll know. find out later. I've heard rumors <laughs> that there's there you know there's like you know well there's a you know think of all the superhero characters and think about like all the secondaries and the girlfriends of and the you know the people that work at businesses and the people from Shield and you know yeah. is Maria Hill in Infinity War? Is she going to have a scene? Are we going to see Colby Colby Smulders up there? I don't know, but there's a is that Maria character. Hill? Yeah, okay. She's one of the one one of the Shield people. Robin Sparkles. Robin Sparkles, yes. right, that you see on the on the big uh, hover carrier. Sure. You know, she shows up a few times. Is that guy playing Galaga going to be there? Or just... <laughs> the guy, yeah, Tony points out, and he's playing Galaga. You didn't think we'd notice? We did. <laughs> and he's walking. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Mike's looking. What? <laughs> Let's talk uh, about other stuff. What's news, Mike? Take that. Well, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one should I do first? Amazon. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? Remember the Amazon key? They were going to sell you a, a, a lock for your door, your front door, and that they would be, have, have access to. So oh, yeah. Am- to... The Amazon Rob You Blind <laughs> package right. that you could get. With. I haven't heard about this. <laughs> oh, this is last year. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, it didn't go over. I don't, they'll think, let you, they'll, I don't think it Am- went over really well because most people don't want to just let strangers coming in their, in their house. door. Yeah. Well, Amazon can, a person from Amazon can show up and they can access your front door and you'll be notified that they're there. So you can, you know, via your phone or whatever, and there'll be There's a video like a, camera. Yeah. You'll be able to yeah, see the to Amazon see, person see. walk into your house and set with a package, package down and, set and it hopefully down not go and shut the door and leave up the stairs or wander into the back and start, start masturbating car- furiously start or any of those carrying things. out right. your TV. <laughs> this sounds awful. <laughs> right in the time that in, in 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 the time that you need to respond to that, you know, I guarantee you, I could get a lot of electronics out of your house in sure. two minutes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, now they have a better idea. Oh, good. <laughs> it's not quite as bad. It's it's that, but it, for for your car. They'll put it in your car. No, no, no. Your car has to come with an, a, the ability to be remotely unlocked. From like okay, so every car space. in the last ten years. No, no, from space. From space. Yeah, like OnStar, GM <laughs> oh, cars, oh, okay. and I guess I Volvo's got, got something similar. So if you from if you space. have a car, <laughs> it's like whoa, <laughs> that has one of those systems, <laughs> right? And you actually take the steps to continue to pay for it after the free six months or whatever that comes like with the new does. car. Yeah. Nobody keeps that stuff. And uh, <laughs> Some people do. My, my car came with it. Um, it's not part of this list, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Turn it off. Okay, so they'll put... <laughs> and my free Sirius XM satellite They'll radio. put your package in your car. They'll put your, your package in your, in your trunk. They'll put it somewhere where um, it cannot be seen. Okay, what about in my car? There's no place in my car where it because your be car seen. didn't come with the little thing that covers the. It's a hatchback dealie. It doesn't the, have the little the cover thing behind the back seat. Yeah, yeah. so I like, need to fix that. So this 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 model doesn't. I don't make have sense. The, my car can't be open from space, so it's not an issue. Also, I'm not letting anybody into my car. Yeah, 
this this model, it's not as bad as you're letting him in your house though. No, but the model still doesn't make any sense because like if I'm like driving to the store when the guy shows up, <laughs> he's following behind me until I <laughs> you get out of the car, bloop bloop, you know, lock the door, start walking away, and all of a sudden you hear yeah. bloop bloop, and you look around and there's some dude, and he <laughs> waves at you. <laughs> could have just asked me to enjoy your new coffee maker (laughs) but i mean the post office has figured this model out that amazon can't seem to wrap their head around we have a box next to our house that's closed they open the box put the package in the box and close the box it's that simple we don't they don't need to get into our house or our car or our bird bath or anything insane like that they just set up a package box or right or you can be like every other grown-up in the world and have it delivered to you at work that solves that problem for me. Oh no, honestly, not off it. Not all offices support that well, though. So, well, then you don't work there anymore yeah. because they suck. And if you're like, if you're like, uh, <laughs> that's that, that's that's a blanket statement. Uh, Dave is not Dave. For the record, that came out of my mouth. Dave and Mike had nothing to do with that comment. <laughs> and if if you're like Craig and I, I don't know where's I don't know where your office is. Is it in town or is it up here? Up it's in, in Buckhead, in but I also telecommute sometimes as well. So. Okay, so your office is in Fulton County. But it's Buckhead, so it's is that city of Atlanta? I don't. I don't anyway, know. Craig and I work in the city of Atlanta, which has fifty um, percent more sales tax than where we live, mm-hmm. or almost. It's like six percent versus eight point nine mm-hmm. when you add in city of Atlanta on top of Fulton County, and so the the whole getting stuff delivered to your work only works if you're getting cheap stuff delivered. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up paying more sales tax. And that becomes a fee that covers you not having to worry about the thing being sure, stolen from in front of your house. That. that is the fee that I'm willing to pay. But you have an, a, an apartment where they put it in that room in the leasing office. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then I have to make sure that I am home by the time the leasing office op- uh, closes, closes up. Which may or may not be at the time they're supposed to close. <laughs> um, and is also only a weekday and I can never get in there on a weekend period. And I work long hours. So... Thank you. Deliver to work for me. I'm fine. I don't. And also, for the record, if anybody out there ever wants to send me something and you have my address, you don't have to ask me about it. So you're just going to send me something like a gift, like my brother did with that thing a couple of years ago, <laughs> pointing at Mr. McGiblets over here, our mascot. Um, you need to tell me that's coming. Yeah, because I don't go to that room to pick up my. How long packages. was he sitting in in, in that? He room? was only there for a couple of weeks because <laughs> because well he could have been there for months until sure. until Kurt mentioned it to me. It's like, hey, did you get my 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 present? I'll be like, it'd be April. I'll be like, what present? <laughs> but did the did you have to interact with the leasing office and they happened to remember seeing a package with no, his name on it? No, what or happened? What happened was I happened to. At that time, right around the time, shortly after he sent this thing to me, I received an email from my uh, producer for Privateer Press, where I did writing work for Iron Kingdoms, and they were to be to inform me that they were sending me my uh, contributor's copy, and they were my copy of the book that sure. I contributed to that I get for free as part of my payment, and they were sending it to my apartment. Yeah. I w- it had they told me asked me where to send it, I you would have told, told them to work. send it to work, but they sent it to my apartment. So I gave it a few days until the package delivered, and then, and then went I down. went there and I went in there. I went looking through, and it's all in it's all in numbered order. Oh, know? that's better than it was when I and was they there. put they marker your they, <laughs> they marker well they marker and they marker the apartment number when they receive the package. Wow. They, they write the apartment number in marker way, way better than on it was the box. When I, I lived there, and I went in there, and there was my 
apartment number on this little book size package and right next to it was, was this big box and I was like hmm, huh? what how long that's been sitting there <laughs> <laughs> anyway that well, was my exciting luckily, exciting Christmas present weeks. story and then you looked on the floor and there was five dollars <laughs> <laughs> right yes. exactly right. you guys got it oh let's see what else is new is that the end of the Amazon thing what if yeah. what if your car's like in the garage Oh, it's only um, it's only <coughs> available if your car is parked in a publicly accessible place, like a parking lot, or a you know a drive. So it's, inc- so it's incredibly like inc- at work. You know, you give them your work it's address. It's inconvenient, and, huh? So it's, it's inconvenient. It's less convenient. Yeah, like if you're if you're behind a gate with a code or something, or in in a parking deck where you have to get a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> me and Dave are both looking at each other yeah. like we got gates where we you know. That's that's no no where you work. This is you know they'll deliver it to your car during the day wherever your car is during the day. So it's per- typically it's going to be at your work. So okay. instead of so here's what I'll do, I'll get um, that service first. First I'll get my car set up so that it can be unlocked from space. Yeah. Then I'll get that service with Amazon squared away, and then I'll keep an eye on when my packages are going to be delivered, and I'll go down and I won't tell the security guy. That works around the building. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows me because I've been working there for eight years and knows that I'm the first guy in and knows my car. Knows your car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit there in the window and watch as he uh, hamstrings and pummels some poor Amazon person <laughs> who's delivering something to my car because they just popped my trunk. <laughs> Everybody will be standing at the window watching like they do when also, the, dump- the it dumpster's be- on fire. <laughs> also, or- it will be very difficult to do that because right now there is construction going on right around my apartment. So the the easiest way, not my apartment, my work. work. The easiest way to get to my work is no longer the easiest way because that that is it's uh, blocked, blocked off. off. It's it's it, you got to go around way around over here to get to where my work is. So. um the Amazon person would probably have a hard time getting there because they wouldn't be able to figure out, like, where do I go? I can't turn down this street. You'd be surprised how many delivery drivers that stymies. Sure. I'm go to the me. next block, sir. <laughs> go to the next the next one. No. It's like, like it's like talking to a seven-year-old. different streets that will okay, get you back Which there. direction are you pointed, sir? <laughs> they closed one of them. Go oh, to, my God. Go to the next one. Which one? I don't care. Any one of them. <laughs> moving on anyway what's um, news craig uh dave did you ever play vampire the eternal struggle the, the, the collectible card game from the 90s oh yeah uh it was originally wasn't it originally called like jihad or something like it that it was called jihad yeah. Whoa. <laughs> back in the day this is 25 Spelled years how there's like a re- think? there's 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 a reason it's not called jihad anymore <laughs> yeah well it stopped being called jihad back then they, they renamed it as vampire the eternal struggle it's the card game version of the vampire game um from at then from white wolf and it was one of the first collectible card games after magic yep. came out and it was a successful one it was really well designed um but it's been gone for a long time. Until now, it's back, baby, and they're going to streamline her <laughs> up and they're going to re-release it. So, those of you who enjoyed Vampire: The Eternal Struggle, are um, they Middle Eastern vampires? I'm still stuck on the fact that anyone shan- would name a vampire anything jihad. It's not called jihad anymore, Mike. That was but back before, then. even before, before. Like, where but, did they even? How did they come up with before two thousand one? Yes. Well, look up the definition of jihad. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a 
it's a war. It's a struggle. It's a fight. Okay, so they were just picking a, a like a cool sounding well, word for war. They they flipped open they... a dictionary or thesaurus and was like, <laughs> yeah, that that one is. That's good. a good name for war. That's better than the word war because war is boring. And we're going to make this game that you know it's all Mark Reenhagen's fault because he created Vampire and filled it with like you know your your group of vampires are your coterie. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you are, your, your group of mages live in your, in your Shantry, you know, they like, he, there's a lot of esoteric language that went into it. Shantry? Yes. And there's, so, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, the vampires have a war. No, they have a jihad. That was what it was called oh, okay. in, in so the game back in the day. Flowering up all of the language. Oh, the whole, the whole game was flowered up with, you know. No, the, the, my favorite part of the game is there was a card named Lupo. And <laughs> <laughs> that was for a uh, werewolfage, right? Yeah, the character was a werewolf, uh, and he was all punk rock and stuff. And are you Italian? Yes. Okay. Italian. Oh, it's J Y H A D. Yeah, 1994. It was oh, published under around. the name Jihad. No, because again, flowery language. You can, you know, language. He, he, the, the, the designers messed around with it. It might have been an ancient spelling for all you know. How do you How do you know they even pronounced it Jihad? Maybe it was Jihad. Maybe it was. Maybe everybody back in the day called it jihad <laughs> because nobody knew what a jihad was, uh-huh. or at least nobody you know that I hung around with knew. <laughs> um, yeah, that it was changed to you the didn't have vampire any friends taking Middle Eastern studies. No, it was in 1994. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, no, there was black studies and and women's studies. That and was about that was it. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, they, in changed, Minnesota, they changed the name also, the next year. There was also uh, Native American studies. Okay, there might have been that in Milwaukee too. Anyhow, so yeah, it's back. Get get your uh, get your vampire card game action um, when that comes back out. Now I remember a notable mechanic that was different from it than Magic, which at the time I know caused some, uh, I guess, mixed opinions of the game was that uh, you would use like little red beads mm-hmm. to represent blood. In there. So there were a lot Va- of tokens. Vampires had blood. Yeah. And, you know, magic was cards only. And most CCGs end up being cards only. And so that was, for some people, they embraced that and really thought it was a nice way to add depth to the game. But some people, it was a bit of a sticking point. Like, oh, that adds some unneeded complexity. You gotta carry some crap around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, go up to the counter at the game store where you're playing and just ask to get a piece of paper and a pencil or, or, or be a grown up and just you know, carry some tokens when you want to play your, carry some blood tokens. What's your problem, man? <laughs> just have a little, have a little bag of blood, man. What's, yeah. What's the, what's the deal? You're playing vampire jihad anyway. So yeah. Jihad. So no, but, but so I don't know if you know anything about, you know, if, if your sources are giving you any information on how it's being modernized and refactored and all, but I'm curious, is, is that kind of component still going to stick around or have they found a way to... I of... am, I would guess that it, it's almost got to be. Um, I just did a search on the word blood on this page and yeah, well, it talks about <laughs> attracting new blood. Next... Um, it's not going into that... that that depth on like what the mechanics are going to be. It's possible that they, they're not ready to tell people what the mechanics that's fair, that's are fair. being refined as um, I would imagine. Cause that was a long time ago when people were like, ew, I got to put tokens in play. You know, yeah. Nowadays there's you know, the game, the card game and, and board game industry is like, it, it's not a real board game unless it's got 8,000 pieces in it. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so like carrying around a little sack of red beads, that's nothing. nothing. <laughs> yep. or, or an actual bag of blood. So I, I do have to say it's an honor to be on the last episode of Nerd Burger ever. Uh, that, that means a lot. 
Oh, because we said jihad? Well, jihad. You just did a Google search on jihad, followed by a Google search on blood. I, I didn't know. do a Google search on jihad. <laughs> okay. It just, it's on the history right here. I didn't no, I didn't type well, Craig, that into Craig my computer. Craig suggested that I look up the meaning, and I didn't. <laughs> also, enough. I'm hooked up to Mike's internet. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Last nerd burger at Mike's house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's back. Then we'll have to check it out. It's probably better for you if it happens at Craig's, right? He's probably five minutes closer. Maybe. <laughs> Run! Craig, do you have any bacon-related news? I don't think so. I can go find some. No, shall you I don't search, have any bacon-related news. Bacon? No, is, is no. This, I'll tell is you. this a really clunky segue? Yeah. Okay. It's Dave the only kind. It's the only about. kind Mike knows how to make. <laughs> so, uh, it's on his business card. Clunky segue master. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right underneath, ruiner You're of not... everything and adequate. Well, I'm about to ruin something for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Tremors TV series has been... Aww. They filmed the pilot with Mr. Kevin Bacon. Wow, really? Yeah. And uh, Sci-Fi watched it and said, no thanks. <laughs> no bacon. No bacon well, for your, you. That's your bacon story. Oh, I get it. <laughs> thought you would have seen this i just didn't you know i can't there's too much news man no no word on whether we'll ever be able to see what they filmed probably not well it probably leak on the internet you'll be able to download it but it won't ever you know be available anywhere convenient i'm sure <laughs> was was michael gross a part of it i feel like he's um, a more has more of a tremors legacy well he was in was he not in all of them pretty much kevin bacon was only in the first one uh yeah i want to say Michael Gross was the through line. He was in all of them. Burt Gummer. It, um, he was in all of them. Fred Ward might have been in the second. There's like somebody from the first one, I think, was in the second one, mm. along with Michael Gross, and then it was Michael Gross from there on out. I wasn't ever a fan of that as much as you were, Craig. So um, Tremors was a date movie for me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That was my first date with Val. <laughs> Which is funny, because the Kevin Bacon's character's name is Val. <laughs> Of course, my Val that I was going out with the date on was not Kevin Bacon and was a woman. Valentine McKee. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so that's two degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> wow. Yes. You, you, you cut, down, uh, cut that down by uh, 67% from the usual. Um, no, I figured you would know if you would have heard of this, first of all, and that Sorry. you would know if Michael Gross was in it or not, so I didn't bother looking it up because this article doesn't say, but it says uh, it was... Uh, Supposed to pick up 25 years after uh, the first movie, and Bacon was reprising his role of Val, and uh, but he would no. Michael Gross was not going to be in it. Okay, just a he quick was, little uh, thing here. He's, he confirmed he would not be at one point. Yeah, so now, of, now he's really not in it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not happening. That's that's probably why Sci-Fi turned it down. They're like, what? No, no, Michael, no Michael Gross. Gross? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But it's got Kevin Bacon in it. But where's Michael Gross? <laughs> you know Bacon goes with Gross. <laughs> you know Bacon goes with Graboids. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, he was gonna be uh he was gonna be old and alcoholic and have a delusional hero complex. Kevin <laughs> Kevin Bacon's character. That's fun. So that was how they were gonna bring him back. But, so now you can't see it, so let's stop so, talking so, about it. So are you describing a gritty reboot of Tremors? The, a what? The gritty reboot? He's, Grit- he's all alcoholic. and uh, Sure. 
It's the dark, gritty version. Everything needs to be dark and gritty these days. Not not the Marvel movies. That's true. (laughs) That's why I love them. Sometimes you just have to have good guys. Yeah, just colorful costumes and lots of cool action, and it's fun. Bring it on. Speaking of, have you guys seen the new Lost in Space? I have. Have I've watched about half the series so Um, far. Yeah, I'm about halfway through as well. Half the season. So I guess it's good. It's actually really well done. It's pretty solid. Um, I figured Allison is a huge fan of the Parker Posey. And, Parker Posey, this she's is like playing this, a this, crazy character. This role is like, yeah, this yeah. is her role. She's she's solid. Yeah, he's really good. I told her, I said, okay, it's it's lost she's, in space. She's a scumball. <laughs> she's a real but, turd. <laughs> the pretty much the main character, you know, Doctor Smith is no. pl- is played by not the main character. Not, not the main. Not character. She all. doesn't really okay. take a major role until the I think the end of the second episode. Is it that she really jumps in? I wouldn't call her a main character, period. Yeah. Really? If there is a main character, it is the mom and Will. Okay. That's, that's a I fair assessment. I would say those are the are male and female lead. The mom and the youngest boy. No, the only boy, the young, you know, Will. Will with Ryerson. the robot. Yeah. The, those are the leads. She definitely the, has the a... The dad is secondary. The, the, the daughters are secondary. And, you know, Dr. Smith is interesting. She, she, has, she, plays, she plays a major part. She plays... It's an important role. Um, and, um, and Don West is there. Major Don West, mm-hmm. it, that character is there. Oh, is he part he, of the original series? I've never seen the original series. Yeah, well, he was he was like the other male adult. Like oh. there was the family, and then there was Will the Doctor, Doctor Smith. <laughs> um, What's that actor's here, boy? name? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, they uh, then there was like you know because this was a. TV show that you know, like, had to have like you know, dudes doing all the stuff, and Doctor Smith was effectively comic relief, and the kid nobody was going to give the kid like really important stuff to do, mm-hmm. or any of the kids for that matter, and the you know, heaven forbid, the wife did anything useful in a 1960s television show, so there was a secondary ah, a male character, and that was Captain Don West. He was not a member of the family. Gotcha. What's the ro- the the robot's name? I've been curious about that. Is it just robot? It's just robot. Okay. Oh, is it just robot in the original series too? Yeah, they just call him robot. Oh, okay. There, I'm like, when are they gonna say his name? Does he say Danger Will Robinson? That's, That's a spoiler. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Dave took you down. You're gonna, have, right. to, you're gonna, have, to you're gonna to have to watch it. You're gonna have to watch it. But anyway, I figured, you know, the fact that Parker Posey <laughs> well was done. in it playing like a crazy character would would in you know and and. You know, she's like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting, and then I never heard anything. Oh, she's she's that's really solid, and yeah. she's very good. And she's like some of her facial expressions too. You're just like, and they do. Uh, you caught the cameo in the first episode, right? The cameo. There is one person, the only one who's left alive from David the Moomy? original series, or Bill Moomy. Bill Moomy, the kid. He's yeah. in the he's in the first episode, huh? Wait, that was Bill Moomy from old, from, the, from the Babylon old, Five, the old guy, the fish heads in the corridor. With uh, with Parker Posey, I did at the very beginning. That's the kid Spoilers. from the series. Really, <laughs> I did not know that. Spoilers. One scene. Oh, pff, shut <laughs> up. <off. laughs> so, Who do you think you are, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so, so one thing that's really interesting I'm finding about people's reaction to the show is, and I'm sure not everybody feels this, but there's been enough people saying that they feel that it's like a dark, gritty reboot. And I, and I, and I, I, feel, I feel like that's an unfair. An understandable, like as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, I can understand why people say that. But if you if you look at it a little more closely, I mean, it's definitely more dramatized. You know, it doesn't go lean towards the camp because it's my understanding that the show the original, the original show was, oh, yeah. was campy, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but it's just what it really boils down to is it's a show about it's a show about a family, 
Um, and that's really what it boils down to. And in that way, I feel that it is the best Fantastic Four movie so far. I will say this. In my opinion, it is a frontier Western. That's fair. It is, it is those a, aren't mutually exclusive, so those both yeah, work. It just, it's a frontier Western, but they have a robot and technology stuff. Well, it's, it, it's just a frontier Western. Yeah. It's like this these people out in the middle of nowhere trying to get along, get along with each other and get along um, on the planet. And get along, little doggies. No, there's no little doggies. <laughs> well, we and I've covered. Trying, there's it's a survival show. Yeah, and, and I had a sociology class on. Uh, and, by Court. the way, any version of that TV series would have been dark and gritty compared to the original. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of the understanding. Yeah, but no, I mean, the, calling it a western is very fair. In fact, uh, I had a popular culture class where we covered that American westerns are functionally sci-fi. Every element that you see in a typical sci-fi appears in a western including technology, you know, the rails and the trains and all that was the advanced technology, the cutting of edge of technology. Yeah. So that that's why they tend to cross over so often is because they share so many elements. Well, you know, the expansion from the Eastern seaboard of the United States into the unknown West is not terribly different thematically from expansion from our planet earth to the unknown charts, of, you know, deepest uh, depths of space even yeah if, even if there are vegetable people there and, I, okay so i do know and, a little and you get out there and there's <laughs> and there's aliens that you're gonna fight with <laughs> who you're gonna try to take their planet from and murder them all oh wait that's starting to get a little political yeah. but you know it's, <laughs> it's there are parallels to be drawn oh absolutely so back to my fantastic four reference yes <laughs> <laughs> so the reason i say that is because uh, when you look at a Fantastic Four movie, and I wish I could take credit for this observation, but I agree with it wholeheartedly, the reason that it fails is that they keep trying to make the Fantastic Four movies be a superhero movie. And mm. when you look at the Fantastic Four comics, they're actually just all stories about a family who just happen to have superpowers. And so in that light, uh, that's why I feel that uh, the new Lost in Space actually does a better job of capturing the Fantastic Four comic, even though it's not actually fantastic four at all now that, interesting now that fantastic four is back in the marvel fold oh is it i believe oh. is that correct i don't know if it isn't it's darn close to being so the I most the most recent remember. movie was not i don't no 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 i mean just within like the last year okay like because there's like um the sony the sony property the reason there's a reason star Wars. there's a reason spider-man is in the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe now yeah because those, the, a bunch of those properties were farmed out to other studios, and they have come back into the Disney fold. They have I, been bought back, or some I, sort of agreement has been reached, and all that stuff. I knew, I knew that happened with Spidey. So I didn't know I, that happened with Fantastic Four. So, you know, if Fantastic Four is back, I don't know all the specifics of it, or if it's back some, at some point in the near future, maybe they'll do that right and make Fantastic Four a family story awesome. rather than a superhero story. Because, you know, there are, within the Marvel milieu there's a lot of there are some superhero stories i would say the event the avengers movies are superhero oh, superhero team stories but you know winter soldier um is a political thriller yeah you know um ant-man is a comedy above everything yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> comedy slash heist it's yeah it's a heist movie with with strong comedic overtones and and he's a superhero with a ridiculous superpower <laughs> you know so they, they've got different types of movies in there Milieu. Milieu. You working <laughs> on a vampire card game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, calling it Jihad. <laughs> um no, no Michael Gross and Tremor. It's very sad. Do you have any other news? Um, I don't know if this isn't well. 
You don't know if it's news? No, I'll save that. We'll set it aside here. We're going to talk with Dave. No, oh. no, that's awful. You just said that with such excitement. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, well, Dave. I just realized that we, well, we, we, we rambled on a lot about a couple of these topics. So I want to get this one more. Uh, I'll save that if it's as a silly thing that we can cover with, you know, it's not Dave specific. I wanted to bring up the card game thing we'll with see. you because I figured you had probably played it. But. And this I want to bring up with Dave because it, it sort okay. of relates to Geek Taco. Oh, I'm excited. Sort of. <laughs> I'm sort of excited. And it's funny. Are you, are you excited, excited? <laughs> Not if it's sort of related to Geek Taco. Okay, let's see what happens. A a former South Texas Juvenile Justice Department employee was sentenced to 50 years, 5-0, years in prison after pleading guilty to stealing $1.2 million worth of... Tacos? Fajitas. (laughs) Close. Close. (laughs) How did you steal that many fajitas? I don't know. Oh, this is the guy that was selling fajitas out the back door. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, they were. He was. No, it wasn't like a a truck shipment or a convoy that he it, took. It was he over was, several years. Yeah, he was like illegally selling, like made. He was making fajitas at a restaurant that doesn't make fajitas. No, he was <laughs> working. Was, he was working at the uh, the at the juvenile detention prison. Yeah, but fajitas aren't on their menu. But the, yeah, the something fajitas like that. Aren't, he was getting all of the stuff. He had for the fajitas, ingredients, but it was it was never on the menu. So <laughs> he was just having them deliver all the stuff, and then he was diverting it. He was selling it out the back door. Where, do you, where do you get that inspiration? <laughs> you know what I can do? I can sell some fajitas here. Yeah, the driver. Wow, the driver said that uh, he had been delivering fajitas there for the past nine years. And at what point do you go? So he so he sold one point five million dollars worth of fajitas. So that means he had what one point five million dollars, right? Or somewhere. Well, in that not range. if you're reinvesting it in your illegal <laughs> fajita business. What overhead do you have in stealing fajitas? That's a pure profit, right? He was getting them delivered, though. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was getting. Have, he was they were, they were for... being no, no. They were being paid for by the county or the okay. state or whatever, and. And he was taking delivery of them and just taking them home in his car. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe he was just. Uh reinvesting all that money that he made in the local communities and giving money to soup kitchens. So, he's Robin Hood. <laughs> he was, well, yeah, says, was, this guy was in ju- in unfairly and unjustly imprisoned. Is what well, or Al Capone. Uh, Al Capone's known for all that. 601. Stuff. Yeah. Well, apparently he was running a, like a fajita business out yeah. of his house. Yeah. Um, it says that he took uh, $1,251,578 worth of fajitas and delivered them to his own customers. Whatever that means. <laughs> And they, you know, they found his uh, freezers at home. Bob's full of, fajita full shack. Of fajita parts <laughs> from the prison. All righty. Yeah, that's, 50 years. That's good stuff. Dave, we went to a convention. We did go to a convention. How'd that work out for you? I dragged you out there to that one. We were originally planning to go to a little two-day thing in uh, Macon. Yes. And then that got canceled. Yes. And Which so I guess was a good sign for us to we not go. Re, we reinvest. Yeah, <laughs> that, would have, that would have not would not have been a uh, profitable convention to go to. <laughs> the one no. that got canceled. Ah, yeah, obviously. Um, so we changed up and reinvested our allotted money and actually some more money because it was further away. We went to conglomeration in in Louisville. See, I, I now know how to collect, correctly pronounce it. I grew up here in Louisville, which I think is what most people probably know. Mm-hmm. The trick. The trick I found is to say the word Louisville, but partway through the word, just give up and let your tongue <laughs> good, go flat. Yeah, like, that's, a good, you know. that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> that's the way the locals. Louisville. 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 <laughs> so, how'd it go for you? 
Uh, it was an interesting experience, to be honest with you. Uh, so I'd never been to a convention outside of the Georgia Atlanta area. Uh, I didn't start doing cons until I moved down here about 12 ish years ago. And I mean, we've gotten an embarrassment of riches when it comes to cons in Atlanta. You could attend cons almost all year long and not leave the state easily. And some of them quite large to boot. But, you know, it seemed like a good idea just to see what the experience outside of the state is like and see if that kind of effort and energy would be worth my while, you know, and things like that. And so a lot of insight was gained, uh, definitely some lessons learned and things like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, overall, I'd say it was a positive experience because uh, it was it was on the smaller side of what I might have anticipated. And so kind of the, the lesson there is you don't know what a con is going to be like until you're there, you know, until you actually go and see that. And I've, I've kind of gotten that vibe from you that you feel similarly, Craig, is that? Yeah, it's all, you know, unless you've been there before, a con's always kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Like, you don't know. It's like, is the gaming side of things going to be strong? Is it going to be a busy dealer hall? Is there going to be other cool stuff going on? Is, you know, is there is there a certain aspect of the convention that's really going to overpower other aspects? I mean, sometimes you can kind of tell that by looking at photos of the con from previous years or from looking at the website and yeah. seeing what kind of uh, stuff they're they're promoting and talking about. Like you can usually tell an anime con. Yeah. Because it's really heavy on anime. Yeah. In their promotional stuff. Um, but when it's a gaming convention, it's like, it's, you know, you, you don't always know if it's like, okay, is this going to be like, is the RPG area going to be tiny and it's just all board gamers or is it going to be pretty even? Or, or is the audience, you know, it could be all, it could be a huge gaming convention and the audience just may not be as a collective whole feeling what you're bringing to the table, you know? Yeah. Or you can you can have conventions where the people show up to and they go into the gaming room and they sit down and they game all day and then they go home and they never walk into the panels or they never go to the dealer hall so the dealer hall gets slow or whatever. I mean, you you, you just don't know until you get there. Yeah, absolutely. that's why Atsukan surprised me because I was like, this is just like a little bitty convention that I was like, I'll I'll go there, I'll sell a hundred bucks worth of stuff, and I sold three times that. Yeah. at a two day, effectively day and a half convention. Because the Sunday is always a shorter day. Um, and for a little local thing, I was like, whoa, that kind of blew me. I had no clue that yeah. that would end up like that. So um, I think conglomeration was, it had a, the dealer hall was decent. It was a good size. It was not, you know, it there were slow periods. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sunday was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours on Sunday, 9 yeah. to 12. Barely <laughs> worth opening for. <laughs> for 9 to noon, yeah. Um, although I got backer number 400. <laughs> in person that was sunday morning table on sunday morning what was her name fallon fallon <laughs> no and i was actually uh there's there's some there's some cool moments with the people because this is the first time i ever sat behind a booth as a dealer usually when i go to a convention i go as a guest or you know featured game designer or some title like that and i set up a table in the gaming area and you know run demos or play tests uh and you know, interact with the con goers on, in, a, in a capacity similar to that, maybe run a tournament or something like that. And so this is the first time where I like shelled out money, stayed at a hotel and sat behind a desk and said, please buy my game without <laughs> being able to play it first, you know, kind of a thing. And, and I, there, there are some local game shops that I have enough of a rapport with where I've helped them for an hour or two with similar stuff, but I'm not selling my product at the time. I'm sell, selling a whole catalog of stuff that they already brought and I'm just right. helping them out. So I'm just sitting here with my currently single product, you know, at a table and just 
either it catches your eye or it doesn't, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so that, that was an interesting experience and a lot, a lot of lessons were learned there. There were, there were a couple of other people selling, uh, who actually offered up some advice as well on, you know, how to do better table layouts and displays and things like that. So I'd appreciated that. Um, but interacting with, I, I guess you could say your audience from a purely sales point of view, that was, that was interesting for me in a way that, I liked a little less for a couple of reasons, if I can be honest. <laughs> you know, Talk, because, talking about it without showing people how it works. I can give them a high level overview. You know, yeah. like I had a display of what it might look like early game. You know, and it's like, well, this card is this, and you know, this is roughly how the game works. You know, kind of give a, a couple minute pitch, kind of a thing like that, and then answer questions from there. Uh, because having experienced it, you do a really good job of explaining it while it's happening or or right before it happens or you know yeah. helping people play it yeah and i've been i've been given a lot of credit for my ability to explain games uh, which is something i'm glad for but it, uh, on the weakness front i until recently was terrible at writing manuals uh but fortunately for my next game yokai the manuals rock solid people say that i've seriously leveled <laughs> up there so it's like it went from the alchemy manual which apparently reads like an engineering guide to yokai people are like this is a beautiful manual this reads well so <laughs> that, that was that was a huge jump uh being able, but uh, off topic a little bit no but part of it is if i'm if i'm showing off my game or demoing one of my games or even if i'm selling another person's product i can just be me you know and just you, you open yourself up and you say this is what i've got this is this, this is who i am and this is what i've done you like it you like it if you don't you don't that's cool you know and when you're selling there is a part of you that just has to sell you have to kind of put part of the real you aside you know because sometimes somebody would come by and they would want to talk to you for 40 minutes and while they're talking to you for 40 minutes a potential customer walks by another potential customer walks by another potential customer walks by and if i'm in the gaming room i'm not caring you know i'm just there showing off what i got but when I paid for a hotel room and a table, <laughs> it's just you just see those dollar signs walking away, and I don't, I honestly don't like that feeling. Um, especially when the, some of the people that were talking to me for that amount of time were actually pretty cool people, you know, and they helped break up the monotony of what would have other been wise just pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. Uh, so I can't complain about that. Uh, some of those people, I mean, they they helped, they actually made the con a very positive experience. Uh, and so as long as it doesn't happen too much, as long as it doesn't happen too much <laughs> is absolutely the case. Uh, you know, and there, there was, there were some great moments in there. Like Craig had one near the end that I was really impressed with where it was on that Sunday. And so I, that, that right there was probably worth it. Just seeing that happen where we're, it was getting towards the end of the, uh, entire con there, uh, final five or 10 minutes, if I recall correctly, mm -hmm. we're shutting down the dealer's hall and a guy just makes a beeline straight to Craig's table and I don't remember exactly what he said, but if, if I recall correctly, he shook your hand and he just he just complimented the ever-loving snot out of you <laughs> and just said that, you know, what you'd done was awesome and he loved it. And then just very quickly took a beeline away. Like he, <laughs> that, he just he went to the dealer's room for yeah, the sole he, purpose of he finding did, Craig. He, yeah, he was like he wanted to talk to me. And he did. He was like, I, I don't know if this guy is going to like be in his car in five minutes yep. after the dealer hall closes. So I'm right. gonna, like, now's my last chance. I'm going to go talk to the guy and say something. So yeah, but 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 seeing uh seeing a fan of Craig's uh have that heartfelt interaction, like Craig had made a connection with this guy through you know Craig Craig poured a part of himself into the project of Capers and 
mergers and acquisitions and you know being a guest on the podcast at the convention and your own podcast and seeing that impact somebody in such a meaningful way and to the point where they need to let Craig know about it that was an awesome experience and you know that that alone you know was worth it i want to share the awesome experience i saw that I witnessed and didn't interact with when I saw Dave do something, which was one of these people that got talking to him for an extended period of time. And Dave has remarked on the show, and he's said it many times, that he collects artists like they're Pokemon. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, because he's always, look, he's always looking for artists. Yeah. So I always have you know, examples of people's art, people's portfolios, websites, whatnot. And this young lady was there with a friend and came along and got to talking. I don't remember exactly one way or the other. It got into talking about how she did artwork. She drew. Mm-hmm. And she was very... Um, hesitant to share her artwork with other people. She wasn't at that point, you know. She was like, "I, I do this thing," and I she, like she clearly she shared it with her friend, and she got talking to Dave, and Dave was like, "Well, let's 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 take a look." And Dave was really cool and very complimentary, and had really nice things to say about her, about the work that she was doing, and um, you know, I I offered like one comment, <laughs> and then got out because I was like, I realized Dave was like actually making a connection with the young woman, and. Before everything was out, and I, you don't have to say where anything went with it, but he commissioned a piece of art from her. Like he gave wow. her her first commission. Said, "Can you will, you will you draw something for me?" And she she started out like, "No, I'm not going to show you. She, she I don't show my stuff to she some people. I don't think she wanted to show you my friend. What she had in her sketchbook. You know, her friend period. had seen it, but she wasn't going to show anybody. And by the time by the time she was done talking to Dave, she was she drawing had, a piece she, of artwork for him. Yeah, yeah. No, that, well. It, I mean, I, I never tried to pressure her or anything, of course, but uh, yeah, I mean, no, she was... No, it was a very fluid conversation, and he was like, I, I remarked on it on Facebook, I was like, I just witnessed Dave encourage a young upstart artist who's not feeling ready just yet to share her artwork with um, with strangers, and he ended the conversation by commissioning a piece of artwork from her, and I was sure. like, well, you know, I'm glad I didn't poke my face in there because that went just about as well as it possibly could have. No, and I, and I, I have heard from her. She uh, finished it. Uh, she, she sent me a photo of it and will be mailing me the final piece. Um, it's from a, one of the stories that she was telling me about. So uh, she has a very, she's very prolific with creativity. And she's at a stage where I want to tell her to sit down and finish fleshing all this out, you know, right you know, draw each panel of these comics that you're coming up with, you know, because she's primarily doing a lot of comic art and things like that. And, but what I realized talking with her was that she's got like eight or 10 fully fledged worlds in her mind right now. And so she's still trying to sort out what I think speaks to her enough to actually commit that effort into one project. And when I look at what I do with game design, it's kind of similar. I have a good six or eight, board games slash role-playing games in progress right now and i also flitter between them you know usually trying to have a focus on bringing one to final produced state uh but i'm i'm further along in that process than she is so uh hearing about all the worlds that she came up with was interesting and uh i mean she's she's just a kid i mean i think she's like a junior or senior in high school kind of oh wow yeah she's she's, She's very young yeah very young like you know but I think, you know, you had a positive impact and, and uh, you know, encouragement from a stranger and someone who, however she looks at it, like, well, this is a person who has, you know, created a game that has put artwork into it and has spent time thinking about artwork and what it looks like. And, you know, and they had a good conversation. It wasn't just like, hey, I like your, like your artwork. Like they talked about like her use of color and her mo- the, the 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 motion that she put into the, some of the characters yeah, no, and she's very good with line work she is that is her, definitely her biggest strength and uh, 
you know, was like, <laughs> like, like I said, somebody that wasn't ready to show anybody a piece of artwork. And by the end was like doing her very first commission. Cool. Because Dave is supportive like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. So I look forward to seeing the final piece in real life. Awesome. I mostly didn't sell books. While I was there. (laughs) That's what you did? That's mostly what you did was not sell books? Mostly I did not sell books. Mostly I... I, Do you have nice long conversations with people and encourage them to express their hobby? I encourage them like to. Like did with the young I lady. had some conversations like that. I also had conversations, mostly had conversations about capers because that was the last weekend of the Kickstarter. <laughs> no, that... um, so, I mean, I converted like probably a dozen people while I was there. I had people backing, like literally. I had all those extra, I had the, my, my last stack of copies of the preview edition. And anybody who backed the game in front of me got the book for free. I just, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I've, 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 I haven't lost money on those. You know, mm-hmm. at that point I had, I had paid for buying a bunch of them and shipping them to myself. And then I had sold some, and I made that money back. So I'm, yeah, at this point I was just like, you know, they're going to be able to get the PDF if they back the game anyway. Yeah. And, was, but some people, like, good but some people like a book. So it's like an immediate reward. You walk over, you know, and I told them at the, I was on, on, on the podcast and I told people during the convention at other times as well if you come over you back the kickstarter in front of me i'll give you the book the preview edition oh okay i'm like murder's neck was you're giving me no murder's no, no, acquisitions no. Book? i gave away i gave away a copy <laughs> i gave away a copy of murders and acquisitions sure that was to the 400 backer to, to backer number 400 when she came over she like like topped off my day just hey, like guess what <laughs> half an hour half an hour or so before we were gonna leave and she was like I, she came over and she was like, I saw you on the pod, when you did the podcast, I was going to back it if you got copies of the thing left. And I said, sure, I got a few left. And I had been looking at the numbers because, of, you know, Kickstarter was going on and I was being obsessive. And I said, if you back quickly, you will be backer number 400. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she backed and I gave her the little form to sign where she could put her, give me her email address and I would send her a PDF as well of um, what, what ended up happening was I gave um, uh, uh, you know, I gave her, I gave her one of everything I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she got murders and acquisitions and all the freebie stuff and, um, a copy of die laughing of the, of that preview. Um, and that's the photo of her holding up yep. all the stuff. And then I said, you know, and I'll send you the PDF of Mur- murders and acquisitions too, if you want to give me your email. So she did that. And she even wrote on the thing. I didn't notice it until like 10 minutes later when she was gone, she wrote like number 400. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> In the notes section. <laughs> No, and I, that that's another thing that you actually do that I haven't seen before that I think is really awesome. And uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've talked about it on the show before, but Craig has a stand, a little display of single sheet games that he's designed, and they're usually like RPGs and things like that. And there was a there there were a couple of little people, free one pagers, yeah. Little, and there's one that uh, we had a lot of fun with. It's <laughs> the, the the title of it, the RPG is "You Suck at Making Sandwiches." Yes, that's the very first micro one page RPG. Actually, it's two pages that I that I designed, and it's called "You Suck at Making Sandwiches." And Craig Craig observed, and rightfully so, that when people look at the display of the, there's the, four which, games, there's yep. four games there. They always say out loud, or you see their lips moving. You suck at making sandwiches. <laughs> that's the one they say out loud. Every time doesn't make a difference where it is right. in the stack. In oh, you little moved di- it around. I put it in all four spots Craig on the display stand. Conducting sociology experiments. <laughs> it's a very evocative title, <laughs> and the best part is, is I haven't read the rules for it yet. Although I have a vague sense of it. On the back page, I, there's a little picture of a Casper style ghost, mm-hmm. 
and it says death is not the end i believe is the caption yeah which means that you can die in an rpg about making sandwiches yes that's well, how sure. bad you can suck at it <laughs> well you can't make a sandwich without cutting something right <laughs> what kind of sandwiches are you making at least the bread okay right? so, so this is a game about mike <laughs> mike's the one who sucks at making sandwiches <laughs> Sure. But uh, uh, if I recall correctly, the lady came up to you and said that they played the game. You know, they got they they, they took the game from you and they played it with their family one uh, night. That was at Etsukan. I told you the story. Okay. Then, then it, yeah, yeah, somebody bought the pick, grabbed the you suck at making sandwiches on Saturday at Etsukan, and then came back. She and her sister both came to the my table independently of each other. Okay. Um, and said that they played You Suck at Making Sandwiches the night before and had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> and the first woman, when she stopped by, she said something about like her sister. She's there with her sister or whatever. Blah, blah. And later in the day, the, other, the, the sister came by and said, we had a really good time playing. And I said, did you play that with your sister, with your family last night? She said, yeah, how'd you know? I was like, she came by here like two hours ago to tell me she <laughs> enjoyed the game too. They, like Literally, they didn't talk to each other. They both independently walked over. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> So maybe you'll go to a convention again sometime like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. Uh, definitely want to explore it a little more, uh, both in the role as a, a vendor and explore some outside cons solely as a guest or, you know. And we can look at options, too. Like, is, if, if we go to one again together like that, um, where we can try to work things in such a way that one of us can step away from the table longer. Mm, yeah, um, it, that was the original. Where you, can spend, where you can spend more time, like you could go out and run some demos for a while, and I could man your portion of the table, and we could swap out, or we know other people who are going to be there that can help out too. And you'd offered that for this one. Mm-hmm. I just ended up staying behind the table the vast majority of the time, and I mean it worked out. I ended up selling uh, more copies than I would have expected for a con that size, so it was it was not bad. There you go. That's the conglomeration report. And we'll be doing another con here locally soon, uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Yep. So Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Yeah. <laughs> so it started in out June. It started out as a pinball convention. Uh, oh boy! And then they, <laughs> now it's now it's like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Then they opened it up to arcade cabinets, and that those are still the areas where it shines. And so I got an email from them out of nowhere, like two years ago. Saying, hey, you know, we're hearing a lot of great buzz about you as a game designer. We'd love to have you be a guest at the con. And yeah, I was just like, who are these guys? And then they told me about how big they were. And I'm like, that's not a tiny convention for reaching out to me out of nowhere, you know. And I, I pretty sure I either just had Alchemy actually published. No, I did not yet have Alchemy like in physical form yet. It had been published, but it was still at the printers at this time. So it hadn't even made it to stores yet. And they were reaching out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that as a win. Unfortunately, <laughs> the timing of it was such that uh, it was the weekend that uh, I, I was serving on the junior board for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention at that time. And I was going to D.C. to lobby you know, Congress and all that for uh, you know, more funding for you know, suicide prevention and awareness and things like that. And it just was the exact same weekend. So I only had time to attend a panel on Friday morning and then literally jump on a plane to go to D.C., so I had a, a a friend of mine run my games over the course of that weekend. And when he reported back, he's like, you know, the board gaming was pretty weak. We had like maybe the whole weekend, two people actually sit down and play. And I'm like, all right, it's good to know, you know, kind of a thing. And so then that was two years ago. And then last year um, they offered again. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, it's 
as a crow flies a half mile from the house. So even if it's that tiny again, they're paying my badge. It's done by Cumberland. Yeah. Yeah. So same place as uh, Anime Weekend Atlanta, if uh, any of your listeners are familiar with that. So I'm like, all right, you know, no harm, no foul, you know, more opportunity. But, so, it was, but it was better not last year. Oh, it was much. It was. They even said they're like, we know the board game. Last year was our first game of board gaming. You know, we're this is the second year. We already know we're going to be that much larger and a lot bigger. And they were by like because the the guy that helped me out, he helped me out last year as well. And he's like, wow, this is night and day. This is a lot bigger. And they're telling me this year it'll be larger still. And so, although the focus started as cabinets, and that's still a big part of it, you know, arcade cabinets, the gaming area was notably bigger last year. And I saw RPG publishers there as well. I don't know if people are actually playing, but they had tables set up. Like, I think Drunk, Drunk Quest is an RPG that was <laughs> represented there and a few others. So, I, I know that there is an RPG presence. So, hopefully yeah. that will be... I'm going to give well. it a shot, and it's local, <laughs> so I don't have to stay at a hotel or anything. And I, It's costing me nothing. Yeah. And I'm getting a table with them this year just because they've been a supporter of me the past few years. And they're, they're still a growing convention. So I figured throw a little bit of money at them as a thank you. And the good news is, if anybody is curious, yes, Billy Mitchell will be there. If you guys know who that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we know. Okay. So, okay, I lied technically. Yeah, I, I paid for my table. But the table's super cheap for two and a half days. Yeah. No, conven- it's, convention. It's not bad at all. So he hasn't been un- unpersoned from everything yet. So he was a guest last year as well. He'll probably I, have all sorts of. He'll probably do all sorts of bitching because we've already seen news articles from about him. Right, that he's gonna prove that he didn't cheat and he's getting all up in arms about stuff. We'll I, see. I saw a girl cosplay as him last year. It was, <laughs> it was long hair and the long hair, the facial hair, the, and ties the, the American and... flag suit, and it, <sighs> and you could tell that she was a very cute, attractive girl when not dressed up like Billy Mitchell, which made it all the more incongruous. So and hot, yeah. <laughs> we got a uh, we got a Kevin question, or... <laughs> but no. Uh, so apparently, his uh, I was shocked actually after the announcement of him, you know, cheating at Donkey Kong and being removed from all the records and stuff. I was kind of shocked that he was still going to be a part of the con. But apparently, his theme or motif at this convention will be Billy Mitchell: The Road to Redemption. <laughs> Okay. Everybody likes a good redemption story. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I almost all he's got left at this point. I, I, I really, <laughs> he's the bad boy of video games. He's always going to have an audience. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is, I think it's really he's just doing the professional wrestling they nev- thing. He wants they to never, be the heel. Yeah, they never went to see. Nobody ever went to see Billy Mitchell because he's a cool dude in the first place. No, they went because he's kind of a dick. <laughs> I mean, he he allowed himself to be in a movie where he was very clearly painted as the villain. You know, not he's an actor playing the villain. Like he was, his whole identity is he's the villain. So that's that's a good point. He's the heel. Yep, very, very <laughs> much so. All right, are we ready for a Kevin question? Sure, why not? I did not read this one in advance. <laughs> Excellent. S- Sixty question. Which side should I be focusing my anger on? Medi- <laughs> mediums or people that visit mediums? <laughs> The medium is knowingly taking advantage of grieving people, but the people who visit them are dumb enough to believe in something that has been completely refuted. Thanks, Kevin. <sighs> has it been completely refuted? Well, my, my initial response is the best way to find out is to go to a medium and ask them. They'll use their otherworldly connections to be able to give you a clear and helpful answer so so what you're saying is kevin is asking the wrong person this question yeah. he should be asking a medium yeah 
That's a good answer. Um, I am going to default to uh, what Jim said about, um, I believe the phrase he used was rank hucksterism. That sounds like Jim. <laughs> From last week, where he was talking, we were talking about um, forest bathing or tree bathing. Forest bathing. Right. Um, which is you should not be angry at the people who are who are falling for that because all those people are doing is they are desperate people who are looking for hope. Right. And you should be instead angry with the people who are taking advantage of them and hurting people. Well, and, it, yeah. it, and here's the, my serious response is similar to that, but I, I do want to consider the possibility that as a like anybody, you know, I've been in serious pain and I've been in a desperate, you know, desperately painful situations. And I've always felt that I would gladly take a placebo, even if I knew it was a placebo, if it helped. Well, sure. And there's there's something to be said for finding solace for whatever it is that is paining you. Um, There's a lot of ways to do that that don't involve person... You know, if you go to a medium show and it costs you a little money to get in to go see the show and you're seeing a show. Yeah. You know, sure. and if and if he and if the medium talks to you and brings you some sense of relief, whether it's real or not, or who knows what you know, whatever you believe, um, you're getting the show, so you're paying for that. And if, if you get something helpful out of it, then so be it. But there are people out there who are really like like going out of their way to hurt people and take advantage of people and you know make people get get people to spend money that they don't have to spend um that's where it gets a little and that's that's where jim would uh yeah at this this is the point in the conversation where jim would go off for like five minutes on people who do that sort of thing i'd agree with check that. out last week's episode for an example <laughs> Yep. <laughs> wow, th- this downier ending of Nerd Burger. No, that's how that's how Jim rolls, man. <laughs> when he gets when he gets his hackles up over something, he does not pull punches. And there are a lot healthier ways, though. I do admit to deal with loss and pain than there are, and there are a lot of ways that you know aren't going to encourage people who are taking advantage of people yeah. in in pain. I agree with all that. What is the question? Who should he be? Focusing his anger on the mediums or the dumb people that mediums. No. and uh, um, I'm gonna go with uh, there are plenty of dumb people that do uh, other dumb things that don't involve their own grief. <laughs> Can be angry at the people that are doing other so, dumb stuff. Save save your 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 dumb people anger for them, and go <laughs> ahead and 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 put it on the on the mediums in this case, right? I'd agree. Although that. I do, uh, I am convinced that. Uh, it is possible to communicate with uh, people who are dead, wherever they are, and they are someplace. Um, but and and so, given that, uh, it's possible that there are actual mediums who are out being, there who are who, being given a who can, horrible name, who can who really be in <laughs> can do that like reliably and repeat it. And uh, um, but the chances are the people who are you know in your area that advertise themselves as mediums and mediums and make their money off of it are, are not those people. Mm. <laughs> so go ahead and be angry with them. <laughs> Is that, that about do it? Sure. Dave, Dave 
<laughs> yes. Are you looking at me to cheer you guys up? <laughs> Bring the show back up, Dave. Come on. Thanks for swinging by. Yeah, yes, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. <sighs> Mike. Craig. Thanks for having me over. Oh, you're welcome. Enjoy well, your movie. <laughs> I'm gonna as soon as I get done watching it, I'm gonna start texting spoilers at Dave. Please don't. <laughs> that's that's cold, man. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. That would be well, that would be uh, something that, you know, Kevin would get angry at me for. So I don't need, I don't, <laughs> Kevin's got other people he needs to be angry at. I don't need him getting, coming after me. He's got other anger. Yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to piss Kevin off, you may as well just text him the spoilers. <laughs> or maybe before I go see the, maybe before I go see the show, I'll text him. Fake spoilers? Fake, uh, I'll, fa- I'll text him spoilers that, uh, that some spirit told me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend to be a medium. Mike, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And you can go to uh, nerdburgergames.com for game stuff that I'm working on, drivethroughrpg.com to buy stuff, in particular, mergers and acquisitions. And uh, if you missed out on the Kickstarter, you can go to BackerKit. Um, and just you know go to the Google and search BackerKit pre-order capers. You'll find... Where you can order uh, capers, like pre-order it sure. at the same level. It's basically the same deal as you got for the fifteen dollar bootlegger Kickstarter backer level, mm. where you get the whole the whole thing, you know, and you buy the book later. That's right, kids. Backer kit. Backer kit. They're Go- the Kickstarter after party. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, right? Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's probably about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on newworldalchemy.com or New World Alchemy on Facebook and Alchemy Alliance at Twitter. Yeehaw. Oh, you're on Twitter. You should be following uh, Scabby okay. the STD nope. Beaver nope. since Sorry. technically it's still April nope. as we record this. Not while I, people are listening, it's I, not. I, I, I don't usually. <laughs> at Scabby Beaver. I usually don't do much with Twitter. Twitter, to be honest with you. So. Oh, okay. Just the biggest of announcements go there. Mm-hmm. Never hurts to get your junk checked. Well, it can hurt. <laughs> Well, you can't you can't say it never hurts. If it already hurts just to get it checked, That's then fair. you you don't need to get it checked. You know something's wrong, right? I think I heard press Scabby the, say press, that. Press the button, Frank. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the slow version. And the there next no episode of Nerd Burger, Mike and Craig accidentally look up Jihad Blood and the U.S. Must Fall. And cutting all, things. And cutting things. All within three minutes. The U.S. Must Fall. <laughs> no, we don't. Jeez, Dave. Did you have something prepared? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. But Dave stepped all over it. So I'm going to let that comment stand. Hey, hey, government. That was Dave talking about jihads. <laughs> The government doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) You're safe. You're totally fine. Nerdburger. Geek Taco. So what was it? No. Sorry. Did it have anything to do with names of cons? No. Okay, because I came up with one. (laughs) I was saving it in case that was part of that. That was your outro. Uh, Crapshoot Con. It's a gambling con, but no events or guests are announced ahead of time. <laughs> I like it. All right. I was going to write a bunch down, but that was the only one I came up with. So is the proctologist con constipation? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <sighs> uh,
Yeah, but I don't know when I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow.